We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Finch. Are we still live? Kill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. They have no swag. They have no nothing. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors. This is Feel the 68 after dark. Happy Sunday. Welcome in to Field of 68 After Dark. I know it's a Sunday. I know everybody's getting their errands for the week done. But we had a packed, exciting uh, slate of college basketball today on the slate, which we are going to break down here in short order. Welcome into the show. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by my guys Kevin Sweeney and Randolph Childress. Yes, we're going to get to all of this. No question about it. Everything you're reading here, we're going to get to all of it today here on the show. Gentlemen, good, as always, to uh, to be with you. RC, let's just kind of get this out of the way for our audience at home. Um, Michigan State goes down on a buzzer beater. Ohio State gets the job done, 60-57. to 57, Pulls it off on the road. Um, what is your, uh, your statement here? Man, I'm giving a public service announcement, man. I feel like I'm always on when Michigan State is playing, and I'm not going to pile on now. And it's weird because I've told everybody, like, Tom Mizzo is, like, my favorite coach. But uh, I I stand on what I said earlier, man. I I just – this team is – the team can peach their tail off. Tough one tonight. Um, But what I said was true from the beginning. I just don't think – I never thought they were going to live up to a team that was preseason fourth in the country. And that was going to, the pressure of that living up to that all year long was going to be tough for them. Uh, what we saw all year is what we saw today. They struggled to shoot the basketball and caught up with them today. And credit, what, what a job with uh, Jake Diebler, what he's doing in, in Ohio State, man. I mean, that, that's, you know, two of his three win, two of his two wins in three games against Purdue and, and at Michigan State is impressive, man. I guess the better question might be we need to talk about is he doing enough to get the job? You know, it's probably be a bigger, bigger question that you might need to ask is, is he continues like this to see the way these guys are responding to him. Uh, it's it's really impressive and it's fun to see because he, he's placed in a difficult situation. Uh, we've seen it in Charlotte. Um, will we see it again here in Ohio State? Yeah, teams not living up to their preseason billing is going to be a theme 
on today's show. Uh, Dale Bonner does hit the game winner there. Uh, have a crazy shot, right? Fall away three hits at Michigan State now, Kevin. Two losses in a row, and they go to Purdue next. So you're going to be staring very possibly at three in a row here. Why has Michigan State, from what you've seen, just not looked like the preseason top five outfit? I think you can look back on talent and, you know, say, oh, you know, this is a running back team, same guys from last year that was, you know, good, not great. Why would they all of a sudden become great? Um, I think the more glaring issue, if you just zoom big pic- you know, big picture on basketball, is that you know, their interior is just not good enough, right? And today they tried something different, started Xavier Booker at the five. I thought it gave him a nice spark. He blocked a couple of shots, stretched the floor, made a three. I think it opened some things up for their offense. But at the end of the day, right, Ohio State – didn't beat them by making threes, right? Obviously, Dale Bonner made a big shot, but Ohio State was three for 17 from downtown. They won that game because they had 13 offensive rebounds. They won that game because they went bigger with Devin Royal at the four, Felix Akpar at the five, and they just bullied Michigan State down the stretch in Michigan State's home building, right? And, and again, credit to Jake Diebler. He done a really good job galvanizing this group, re-energizing them. But if you're Michigan State, that can't happen, right? Like if you're, if you're a veteran dude who played for Tom Izzo for four years, five years, and this is the result you're getting, 9-8 in the Big Ten, consecutive home losses to Iowa and Ohio State. Like, there has to be, like, some internal look-in of, like, where are we, right? Like, and how did we get here? Um, look, I mean, this class, like, this veteran group from Michigan State is going to lose 13 or more games. Assuming Michigan State does not win either the Big Ten tournament or the national championship, Michigan State, this, this, this senior class will have lost 13 or more games in all four seasons. Right. Like that's that's not what we expect for a Tom Izzo program. And so something's got to change. And look, I think they'll be dangerous in March just because of how they play and, and their experience. Obviously, Tyson Walker gives you a chance at any game, his ability to make shots and create offense. But again, it just feels like a disappointing night for for a team that had such high expectations coming into the year. Maybe those were unfair. But I think even if they were unfair, it wasn't unreasonable to expect this team to be a little bit better than nine and eight, especially with where the Big Ten is right now. Yeah, RC. I want to go back to Ohio State because I don't. I don't want to short them in this discussion because uh, they didn't win the game. I mean, they went in there and, and they won the game as a ten-point underdog. And you mentioned, you know, Jake Diebler there. He's got two wins, Purdue, and now Michigan State. And and Ohio State's a great job, man. I mean, you're in the Big Ten. And you have all the resources that that you could ever ask for. But you brought it up, so it feels like we should go there. Like it reminds me a little bit of of. I know it's a completely different sport. But, like, I'm a fan of the Raiders. And when Josh McDaniels got fired, they promoted Antonio Pierce from within, and he beats the Chiefs in Arrowhead. He hangs 63 on the Chargers. And all of a sudden you're like, hmm, you know, there might be something there. These are important wins. So how do you weigh sort of the quality of the job, which it inevitably there is, versus a guy who's got some damn good wins he's piling up here as we get towards the end of the season? I think the most impressive thing you see is how the guys have responded for him. I mean, the road losing streak ended, and it ended against Michigan State, right? So it's, it, it ended against a team that we know that will get in the NCAA tournament. And like I said, his first win was his first game against Purdue. Uh, there's something in his messaging. There's something in his leadership style. There's something there that these guys are responding to. And I think you've got to seriously look at that because you know that now. Will they try to go out? If he continues this, I just think he's making it very difficult for you to look somewhere else. Obviously, there's a people are throwing names out there doing all this, 
But credit to this guy, man, and what he's doing, Deebler, what he's doing with this with this group. I mean, Jake is credit to him and his staff uh, for pulling these group of guys together, man. When you lose your head coach and you're in that situation, it's easy for guys to start looking to hit the portal, you know, ready to, uh, you know, just check out. Uh, credit to these kids, man. They didn't. They they still competing their tails off, and they're a dangerous team, man. And they're going to take the role as a spoiler for the rest of the way. So, uh, hopefully, I'm cheering for them. I hope they can continue this. And uh, and if he gets rewarded with the job, great. If worst case scenario, I hope if he doesn't get the Ohio State job, that he at least has auditioned enough to prove to you that he's deserving of being a head coach. And so I, Sweetie, I think do you have, minimum. Do you have any? Sweetie, do you have any thoughts there? Just while we're, I mean, it's it's a it's a hot opening. It's one of the you know I I don't know if there will be a more high profile opening in this carousel than Ohio State. I think it's hard to spend fourteen fifteen million dollars to buy out Chris Holtman and then promote internally. Right. Like, yeah. I think if you're spending that kind of money and investing like that, you're you're making a statement about your program, whether that's the right decision or not. Right. Sometimes the, the best guy is within. Maybe Jake Diebler will prove to be that guy. Uh, I just think it's going to be hard from an optics standpoint, unless they go on a run. Right. If, if somehow they won the Big Ten tournament uh, and went to the NCAA tournament and won a game and you know, showed, showed that, you know, some real coaching chops from Diebler, maybe there's a conversation. But I think that would probably be the bare minimum. And. Um, you know, if nothing else, though, as RC said, just an unbelievable opportunity for him, and uh, sure. I'm so happy for him and for those guys to 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 take that opportunity. And uh, if nothing else, again, it's a, it's a great audition, and there's going to be a lot of other jobs, um, you know, lower than Ohio State where he can he can certainly prove his prove his worth. Absolutely, around the Big Ten, uh, three ranked Purdue uh, wins on the road at Michigan, 84 to 76. Zach Eady, 35 and 15. RC, other than what I'm honestly going to call a scheduled loss, which was in Columbus, uh, first game after the Holtman firing, like that's just one of those spots, right? This Purdue team has not lost since they lost January 9th at Nebraska, which is a very, very hard place to play. So you're talking about two road losses in difficult spots since January 9th. Um, is it just that we're getting kind of accustomed to Purdue winning, so it's just ho-hum? At this point, I mean that's part of it. They're damn good, man. I mean they've been one of the better teams all year long. We, we've gone into as we're approaching March, we've said it's UConn, it's Purdue, or Purdue and UConn. It's they've been the two best teams uh, all year long, and everyone else is is kind of trying to play catch up to those guys. And they those two teams have seemed to be in a tier of their own, and then there's a bunch of other teams in that next tier, but. Uh, we've been waiting for other teams and been debating other teams who has played like Purdue and like UConn all year long. And quite honestly, no one has. So um, we've, I think we take it for granted because Purdue has been here these last couple of years. We expected them to win the Big Ten. Uh, we're going to expect them to win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, everything that we're going to find out about this Purdue team is one of those we got to wait to see. Do, do they advance in March? And I, I mean, right or unfair or unfair, that's yep. the the judgment that we're going to judge Purdue on because we've seen all this before. Uh, I don't think it should be taken for granted because I think ZD, right. Zach Eadie is going to be a, a player of the year, back-to-back -back player of the year. And you're not, you know, it, it'll be some years before you you see that again. Um, he's the most dominant player in college basketball. And, and I don't expect that to change until he's, until his season ends, whenever that is. Um, and today with 35 and 15, shows you just it's just Zach Eady doing Zach Eady things it's almost like you're seeing these type of performances right now when you're kind of like oh, okay yeah it's Zach Eady 35 15 okay I, I'm not surprised but right. um 
Michigan actually was surprised me a little bit. I mean, they didn't lay down. They competed. This was a game for them, uh, you know, in a sense of you, you thought that Michigan Purdue would be dominate them, and I thought they was pretty competitive throughout throughout the game. I mean, they had their chances. They tried to make shots. Um, I think one stat, and I've all I said this all year. I think Zach Eady should be the defensive player of the year because I think one of the stats that you don't see with him is the amount of times guys will get rebounds or guards will drive in there and they won't even shoot it. They'll just throw it back out and, and, and get take a bad shot or take something else. He just his effect in the paint with guys and he he literally makes teams one dimensional for the most part and because he controls the paint on both ends of the floor uh fouling guys out and all that so i i think that's the one thing about him that I've, I've been impressed with the most his ability to stay out of foul trouble which you know he does but michigan was good i thought they were valid it, you know would come wild you knew you know olivier out you just couldn't have him there and you, you you would like to think with him being there could that have made a difference could that have helped but as we talked about with purdue they got two of those three guys guards playing well and it was jones and smith tonight who played well and if, if i don't think Fletcher. You know, I, I don't think lawyer Fletcher Lawyer shot it enough to be saying he shot it poorly. He didn't take a lot of shots, maybe five shots, but they were they got enough out of the four spot. You know, Kaufman ran and, and Gillis gave him, I think, like a twelve and eleven, like a double double combined. And if they get that with a typical Zach Eady performance and two of those guards are playing well, that's their recipe. That's that's how they play and that's how they win. No, I agree. Um, any day that Michigan comes within 15 at, at this stage, it's a great day to be a Wolverine. I, I mean, I tip my cat, man. I'm for real. Cut I'm it dead out, ass. Cut it I'm out. dead ass. I'm, I'm happy for that program, man. It feels like they're finally taking some positive steps. Sweeney, you know this as well as anybody when it comes to Purdue. It, it's earned. Their reputation in the postseason is earned. So I'm, I'm not trying to act like it's not, but we're going to hear it. Right, we're gonna hear. Oh well, here we go again. Purdue does this every single year. They win the Big Ten. They run the they run the table, and they get to March and they have pitch running down their leg. What makes them? Because it to me, just watching them when I have been able to watch them, it does feel like there is there's something different about this group. I don't know if it's the maturation of Braden Smith. I don't know if it's the addition of Lance Jones. Maybe a combination of the two. But you know, from where you sit, what will make this Purdue team different? Come you know, three weeks from now. Look, I think the biggest thing is that they're less reliant on posting Zach Eady up, right? Like, because of Braden Smith's maturation, they can play in ball screens a lot more and just flow into stuff and get quality offense without having to run sets. And I think that makes things a lot easier for them, especially in games where, all right, like teams go crazy on double, triple, quadruple teaming Eady, sending numbers at him, you're making, you know, cloudying the picture, if you will. Like, I think in those situations, they've just been able to flow into into offense with their two guards, whether it's Jones or whether it's, you know, Braden Smith, obviously. Those just got, those guys make plays. And, you know, I think this Purdue team is probably most similar to the Purdue team that had Carson Edwards that went to the Elite Eight. Not to say that Braden Smith is Carson Edwards, they're different players, but just having, a, you know, multiple guards who can actually play in ball screens and not be so reliant on just throwing it down to Zach. And Zach creates so much for those guys because whenever he's rolling, you have to pay so much attention. Otherwise it's a dunk. So uh, look, that, that team was, was the best Purdue has been in March and made, made a real run. If not for that, you know, prayer by Kihei Clark, you know, there's a, there's a world where that Purdue team goes to a final four and wins a national championship, right? Like they're, 
they're winning that game. Virginia, you know, the, the, the redemption arc ends on, on, on that moment in the Elite Eight. So um, I don't think it's yeah. impossible, certainly, for Purdue to win in March. And I think that with this group, they have all the makings to do it. I think they have to play better defensively than they have lately. But they have all the pieces to be uh, a successful team in March, despite the history. Just to buy brass, ported on Minnesota at home, 65 to 40. And more on the other side. You watch and feel to 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March Madness. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, you can use the bonus code FIELD150 and you will get $150 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's the best part. All you need to do is deposit and bet $5 of your hard-earned money. This is how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using the bonus code FIELD150. That's FIELD150. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use that bonus code FIELD150 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available in one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in Philly or New York, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create a new account in each state. It's easy, it's simple, and it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the conference tournaments and for the NCAA tournament. Bet insurance tokens college hoops odds boost and my personal favorite a nice little parlay boost here and there so download the bet mgm app and sign up today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. Yes, uh, we are going to touch on that nationally uh, televised FAU Memphis tilt a little bit later because, RC, I want to get your thoughts on Memphis because they've been through some shit this week. And, and Sweeney, I want to definitely get your thoughts on FAU. So we're going to do that just a little bit later in the show. But, RC, you want to touch on Rick Pitino, Ricky P, you know, two games after – he was just disgusted with his team, called him out by name, one by one. Uh, St. John's has not lost a game, including an 80-66 to win at home against the Creighton Blue Jays, which, of course, just beat UConn at their place. So um, it, was that just a, you know, a tried-and-true motivational thing that Ricky P was trying to dig into and, and it worked? Like, what has clicked with the Red Storm here, R.C.? Look at the white suit. Look at the white suit. My man had the white suit. Uh, on. Mr. White suit. <laughs> no, man. Listen, it's it's we you can get away with that if you're connected with um for whatever reason. And we, we saw the, the one of his former players was talking about and you know when he said I'd kill you or something like that, he said. Um, and a guy just kind of laughed, kind of like, that's just coach. And I think that's just the relationship he builds with his guys. And he, I, I wouldn't advise any many coaches or any coach to try it. You know, there's not many guys. And we all know Rick Pitino could flat out coach, man. I think he's – this team started out hot. They've kind of fell off the map, and then they're digging themselves out of the hole, and they're playing their way back into a tournament. So this is the type of win that you needed. I mean, beating the – you know, Creighton team that mm-hmm. had just beaten UConn and – you uh you need that as a resume booster as they try to climb on the other side of this of this bubble and, and submit themselves in the field of 68 so um you need to win like let's see how they finish the season strong can they close out uh the season and, and solidify themselves with a bid it would be the you know we'll wait to see yeah but this is a big Sweeney, win. you're obviously yeah you're obviously part of you know fielding the 68 here you know how do you break down st john's after today how much of a boost is that to what they're trying to get done here no, it, it's 100% what they needed just because in the non-conference, they didn't beat any surefire tournament teams, right? The Utah win that they had on a neutral court, one they thought would age pretty well, has not. Utah has struggled lately. They're you know looking more like an NIT team. And even you know St. John's big wins earlier in Big East play. All right, you beat Butler. Well, Butler's falling off. You swept Villanova. Well, that's great. Now Villanova's right in the bubble. So they needed wins over surefire tournament teams, and they finally got one uh, against Creighton. Uh, I do think, at minimum, they probably have to finish 3-0 and here. The good news is that, you know, two of those games are DePaul and Georgetown, you know, the bottom of this league. And so uh, I have an opportunity to, to win those two. This week, Wednesday night, on the road at Hinkle against Butler is a huge game for their NCAA tournament hopes. I don't think they're a lock if they win those three games, but it would give them a shot. Like, heading into the Big East tournament, you know, they're going to have, obviously, a ton of fans in Madison Square Garden. Energy will be huge. Patino in, in, in March is – you know, certainly a proven track record. And so, you know, I think they need one more big win. If they can get that in the Big East tournament, they got an opportunity to go dancing. It's going to be tight, but uh, this opened the door at least by beating this good Creighton team. RC, I want to get your your thoughts here real quick on, on Creighton because they obviously are, are playing good basketball today, notwithstanding. I, I try not to come down too hard on, on teams for games like this because, I mean, shit happens, right, in a long conference season. St. John's had to have that game. Creighton just beat UConn. Like, ultimately, they're fine. 
um, they were a popular after that win over UConn. They were a popular team that people started talking about. It feels like as a national title contender. Do you see that with them? Do they have the ingredients for you, RC? I mean, they do. I, I, I thought teams with athleticism on a perimeter could, could, could give them trouble. But when you got a guy like Colt Burnett inside, uh, he's gotten to me so much better offensively. Um, you know, not a great game today, but, you know, not a lot of attempts either. But I, I thought his improvement offensively overall, I just, you just, for me, and I'm just speaking a mistake that I made, and I can call it, say that, is that I knew he was a good defender and how he could anchor the paint, control things. But to me, he's improved enough on the offensive end that he can carry this team, you know, on both ends of the floor. And so obviously with him and now you get Ashworth, it's his, his ability to finally adjust. He seems to be fitting in and figuring some things out, you know, when Miller makes shots. I mean, there's a lot they have, you know, to, 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 to be a problem. So I, I don't, I, I think they have all that they need because they have an identity that allows them to play as such. And so, uh, yeah, they, they were close before and I, I, I would never, put it past him because you got a guy like Coburn and I, I think he's you know against you know clinging he showed what he's capable of and he's one of the better big men in the country and he when you can control the paint and allow your team to say hey guys just run those guys off the line run them into me you know that's 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 something you, you know an identity that, that you have that very few people have they don't have a guy that controls the paint that alters shots and and, 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 and like I said just allows them to be aggressive on a perimeter on a three-point line when they're defending. So they can get some consistent three-point shooting and, and space the floor yep. and keep the lane open for them as a lob threat, then, yeah, they can they can make a run at this thing. Uh, Standing in the Big East, Marquette uh, just destroys Xavier, 88-64. Cam Jones leads the way with 34. Sweeney, what's our, uh, what's our feel of Marquette right now? Man, I mean, if you take out that UConn game where obviously everything went wrong, I think everyone would be talking about this Marquette team as emerging as a true you know, top-tier title contender. I mean, Kolick has been phenomenal lately. Cam Jones, I think, is becoming more consistent. I mean, he dealt with some injuries uh, earlier in the season, wasn't always fully healthy. Uh, 34 points in back-to-back -back games. Again, I mean, just shooting the ball at a super high level. When he's going... And then you add that to the you know the, the passing of Kolick and, and Agadero. I mean that's that's a scary team offensively. I think they're finally kind of clicking into gear on that end. Um, gives them an opportunity to to really make a push. Look, I, I think it's hard to get that UConn game out of my head just because of how good, how much better UConn looked in every way. They looked bigger. They looked faster. Uh, they looked stronger. Like like they, it just it just looked like an unfair fight. And so for me, thinking, okay, how does Marquette win six in March? They're going to have to beat a team like UConn. May not have to beat UConn, but they're you know, going to have to beat a team like Purdue, a team like Houston, someone like that. And we saw Marquette play play Purdue in, in Maui, couldn't get it done. So I want to see them do it against an elite team. But, man, they can be special offensively when they're rolling, and today was certainly no exception. Yeah, I think, RC, what I'm about to say may be, be construed as controversial it's not going to be the last thing i say today probably that is that you but... you no <laughs> i'm the i'm the i'm the i'm the no, deputy Martin editor of the haters tribune you Mar marquette oh. basketball for me rc is like empty calories it's like can y'all call me when they beat somebody like it's been a few months 
you know, and I know like they're they're in the top five and the top ten, and we're gonna talk about them, we're gonna spend time on them, but it's like just like I'm asleep. Like somebody poke me when they beat somebody in 2024 of relevance. Is that is that is that fair? I mean, am I, am I being a hater? I feel like it's like, yeah, you beat the shot of Xavier. Congratulations. Do something. Like, go beat somebody. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm tired so of being saying, You guys are empty I'm calories. I'm assuming what you... You guys are Diet Coke. <laughs> You're fine. I tell you, you I tell you done. what. I tell you what. We're going to you're going to get your answer when they play Creighton and UConn back to back. You're going to get your answer. And you're you're going to get your answer. So we'll find but out. You, so they won't be like okay, they, okay. They, they, I agree with you. Be but... regular, that'll be regular Coke. It won't be diet, it won't be zero, it won't be Coke zero. I want <laughs> all of a, it. You're going to get it all. You're going to get everything you want. Hey, I'm happy to be proven wrong because obviously, no, no, you know, no. I mean, but I get what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying. You're basically it's saying, like, yeah, yeah it's like, we're going to we're going to spend some air time on. I'm like, okay, you beat Xavier at home, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where where they've been and where the conversation we had them at in Maui, and when we're talking about Phoenix, and then uh, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you can look at their win streak. I mean, it wins, and you can, you know, I understand what you're saying. 2024, we got Xavier, DePaul. Butler, St. John, Georgetown, Villanova. Obviously, Seton Hall was good. That's a you know, Seton Hall's been tough. DePaul, St. John, Villanova again. They're just beating the same four teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. yeah, yeah. Beat Creighton early, but you're talking about in in 2024. So, but we're gonna yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah. They got Creighton. They got they got Providence. They got Creighton, and then they got UConn, and and we're gonna figure that out. And obviously, they're gonna have to play someone if they want to win the Big East tournament. So, um. Right. Question that I have for you, Sweeney, is how many teams from the Big East get in? So obviously UConn, Marquette, and uh, Creighton are on solid footing. I think Seton Hall's put themselves in a really good place at eleven and five in the league. I think they've earned it, right? Like at the end of the day, people look yes, at their metrics or whatever. I think they're in the tournament. They might get sent to the first four in Dayton, but they're in the tournament. Um, and then I think, I think Providence will get in. So that's five. The whoa, whoa, whoa. Is, if Seton Hall gets the first four, you're saying Providence is getting in over Seton Hall? No, no. I think – so So it's kind of a weird bracketing thing. Because Seton Hall has bad metrics, they have a really good chance of being in the first four, even if they're like a lot a solid NCAA tournament team because of the way things are seeded. I know it's crazy. It, 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 it's, it's a wild thing to think about. I think Seton Hall will be able they, – they may be able to fly, fly above that if they get a big win here down the stretch. But there's a chance that Seton Hall, even even if they go 13-7 and seven in the Big East, is a first four team. Providence, I think, will be in the tournament. The others – so that's what, St. John's and Butler and Villanova? <sighs> Maybe one of them. I, I think five bits. I think five bits for the Big East. So who who's the fifth team then? Providence right now. I think it would Providence right now and for someone to get in otherwise. So if Villanova wants to get in, they're going to have to beat Providence down the stretch at the dunk. If Butler wants to get in, Butler has to make a run in the Big East tournament. Like something like that to me. That that That's how I see the hierarchy right now. Okay. I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm just I, – I... I think Seton Hall's got some damn good wins, man. I don't know how they – if they get in first four – if I'll say this. I get – and I'm not debating you or saying you're wrong, but if Seton Hall is the first four, then they're only getting four. 
because no one else below them has the resume that they have. So if they they got to be in the field. I don't care what seed you give them in order for the Big East to get five, five or more teams is all I'm saying. The, the only benefit that a team like Providence has or Villanova is that they both did stuff in the non-conference, right? Providence beat Wisconsin in the non-conference. Uh, Villanova, they beat uh, North Carolina on a neutral court. Obviously, that's a huge win. Right, but so, those are one games that we're talking about. That neutral court, a neutral court thing, isn't going to. You're talking about a, a, a Seton Hall team that's beaten with UConn, that's beaten Marquette. You know, like like like, like their wins aren't more important, impressive than that. No, no, no. I'm just saying Seton Hall has been playing from behind because of where they started, how they started the year. How they started, no doubt, right? no doubt. I got so, you. so they're still they they they've made up the ground because they're 11 and five in the league because they beat UConn because they beat Marquette. But because of that, a lot of the numbers don't like Seton Hall. And, and so for them, their their seed is not – they're a better team right now than their seed is going to be on Slice Sunday, I guess the way I would put it. I hate these numbers, man. I, I, I just I, – I, I, God, I ain't going numbers. on I'm not even going on that tangent, man. I ain't going on that. But, no, I, I'm just asking because I know Sweeney knows. I, I mean, I, I'm deferring to him. If Sweeney says it, I'm, I'm – But you, I'm don't, you, just don't, you don't like what the numbers say. You don't like what they're telling you. No, I don't. Well, I, I had. I'm, I'm stupid, right? I'm dumb. I gotta ask. I gotta ask. So, if, if Hall hey, somebody clip that up. Somebody clip yeah, that okay. up. Hey, 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 I got a hangover from yesterday. You know what I mean? I'm still <laughs> celebrating my beach, right? <laughs> my head hurt, man. So I need him. To, my hearing is bad today. You know, I gotta figure yeah. this out. He said Seton Hall was, you know, was the first four in. And they're third in the league, and then Providence or somebody else is going to leap them. I was just trying to understand, man. I, you know, I, Sweeney says it. I'm, I'm booking it. I'm, I'm running with it. But yeah, all right. Uh, should be a should be a fun finish here uh, in the Big East. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we were talking earlier about teams that have underperformed, underdelivered from their preseason <laughs> ranking. One of those teams was in action today in Memphis, and of course, took that L. We'll get to it when we come back. Field of six eight after dark. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched the daily is edited and produced by mike miller who spent more than two decades running nbc's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the division one coaching staffs the biggest names in college basketball media and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport for just 50 dollars for the year you get access to the same information that the insiders get and before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up than the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by Kevin Sweeney and Randolph Childress. As promised, nationally televised game on ESPN earlier this afternoon featured a game that was supposed to be a lot more high profile than it actually turned out to be. And look, both teams in Memphis and Florida Atlantic bear some responsibility for that. There's no doubt. One team had to win, though. It was Memphis, 78 to 74 inside FedEx form. David Jones, 25 and 11, just really could not be stopped there. Uh, at the end of the game, made lots of shots, lots of plays down the stretch. Um, we're going to get to FAU because obviously Kevin and I have a little bit of a difference of opinion there. But RC, I want to focus on the winner first, which was Memphis. They've done so much damage to their resume that it almost feels like that conversation is unnecessary. But I do want to get your thoughts on how they looked because this was a this was a game that did not have Malcolm Dandridge in it because of an ongoing academic investigation where details are still uh, a little scarce. Uh, but it was the first game where it was Naquan Tomlin, who was added at the, you know, at the December break, essentially. It was the first game where he was sort of given the whole reign. And he was awesome. He was knocking down threes. He was a beast inside, getting and ones. Like, did Penny stumble upon something with the absence of Malcolm in this game, R.C.? All right, first and the most important thing. Hey, can y'all switch me to the middle? Because you're not getting off just sitting in the middle <laughs> trying to facilitate this thing. You're going to get on this mic and discuss That's these good. Things. That's good. You, you're, you're not playing point guard on this conversation. So you can hey, just – that's fair. I'm going to answer your question, but then I'm going to slide over in that middle seat. Yeah, there Look you go. at that. Look at that. that. This is the first in field of 68 history. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Randolph Short is here in the field of 68 back. Now, my question, my my question is to answer your question. I will say this. I thought the team um I thought when Tomlin came, they were trying to implement him in the office. I thought they were playing with the bigger lineup. I think you even heard Penny refer to this. And Dandridge was there and he was trying to play those guys together at times and they had their moments, but I, they weren't as good defensively at forcing turnovers. And I thought the thing that they had before was their versatility. They could play big, they can play really small, uh, and, and they had mobile bigs and they were just throwing bodies at you. This team, and I'm not saying it's, they're nowhere near the 10th ranked team in the country, but this team from a defensively forcing turnovers and creating it in the offense and, the, and Jones playing the way he played looked like that team, you know, and then having Tomlin, like you said, playing out there necessarily not as a stretch four, but as a, as a, as a big where I think his mobility and agility is, is an advantage. I don't think that's the case as much at the four spots So credit to him, man. That's what that team looked like. Uh, still a big win. If they, if they still want to have postseason after, cause I think everybody's wrote them off. Right. When they went through that stretch, it was just like they're done. 
I think this win makes you say, all right, do we got to pause for calls here and say, all right, that's two in a row. They beat Charlotte, right? And, and so now we got to say, yeah, are they playing themselves back into this thing? Um, and, and what we saw today was an impressive win. Let's see how they finish out. But enough of that. That's my take. John Martin, tell me about them Tigers today, my brother. I want to hear your take on this now. Don't, don't, you, you can't sit here now and, and hey, Sweeney, what you? No, no, no. Hell no. Talk to me, John. Hey, so here's the thing. So in terms of Memphis, right, I, I just I sort of feel like this is there's always a Penny Hardaway game once a year where it's just like that's the one, whether it's, you know, Houston usually, right, where he just gets his team up ready to go unlike any other, and today was that day. That's not where Kevin and I disagree. Where Kevin and I disagree, and this has been playing out on text for, you know, all day long, is that I feel like we should talk about FAU the way we would talk about a Power 5 team that was ranked in the preseason top top 10, top 7, that returned everybody that they returned from a Final Four run. And we don't. We don't talk about them. But these dudes are out. These dudes are out of the top 25. As far as I'm concerned, you can find some, you can find some projections that have them squarely on the bubble. And we don't no way. sort whoa, of – Whoa, 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 that's blasphemy. Where's my You can horn? find some projections. Sweeney, Sweeney, I'm gonna give you there, a moment there. there a second. I'm the judge and jury here. There's no, there's no publication out there that got Florida Atlantic on the bubble. Bubble? They are, Hell they no. are uh, at Torbic, no. They are, I, I they are you. the last buy. So with with the games they have left, which is at North Texas, which is Memphis again. Hey, fuck around and find out, FAU. That's what I would say. I mean, so are go your ahead. Tigers in? Are your Tigers in? No, no, my no, no, no question. The Memphis has played so, its but, way, but off they're equally the as disappointing. I, I agree with what you're saying. They fell out of the rankings, but they're equally disappointing because the Tigers were they were tenth in the country until South Florida smacked that ass. Correct. Well, look, 100. Memphis is a disappointment as well. I don't think both they, these things are not mutually exclusive. The fact that FAU, with what they brought back, is not winning this league as for a, a, and Memphis is a failure. When you go to the Final Four. And when you return everybody from that team and you're fighting to stay second in this AAC, don't tell me that, oh, it's just a competitive league. Everybody in the AAC was in CUSA last year. So don't give me that shit. It's the same league. And Memphis is down. So you're going to let first-year coach Amir Abdurrahim with some new guys come in here and take this league? I think FAU should be embarrassed for not running away with this thing. And, and nobody in the national media wants to say that. Hey, John, you know what I think? I think if your wife was awake right now, she'd say, you know what? John never accepts responsibility for anything when he's wrong. That's what I think <laughs> your wife would say right now. She's like, he always deflecting. He's blaming someone else. You're not getting off with that Memphis take, man. That's you. You we can talk. You you deflecting and we like you dodging, boy. You you like in the Memphis. But Memphis, but Memphis we already know. <laughs> I, we already know the, the deal on Memphis ORC. Like that hay's in the okay. barn. That they've been a disappointment for what a month and a half now, and their numbers were never good to begin with. So people were just sort of waiting on that bottom to fall out. I want to hear Sweeney. Kevin on FAU Sweeney, because what you he got baby. Queen, you okay. got the floor. Let's oh. get the floor. So on FAU, look, is it disappointing they're not going to win the American? Yes, we understand that. That being said. The biggest thing Florida Atlantic is a victim of is the expectations of people in the national media who ranked them in a way that was unfair to the roster that they had. 
yes, they went to the Final Four last year. We understand that. They still had a roster of mid-major players, right? This roster was not built to go to Final Fours. This team had to bear the expectations all summer long, all fall, every time they play a game, not even that they, they, they lose. Every time they play a close game, they go on the internet, all they hear is how bad they are, how much they suck, this, that, the other thing. It was never fair to place them up on that pedestal of a top 10 team. So I had them preseason 17. That was, I think, the lowest of the like mainstream national media. If someone wants to correct me on that, that's fine. But I went through, I looked yesterday. Like I think Fox had them 15th. I think ESPN had them 11th. The AP poll had them 10th. Right? Like that was that was unfair in my opinion. Because just just based on the roster that they had. So so Ken Palm preseason had Florida Atlantic as the 36th ranked team in the country. They are 34th today. So they have not fallen off. This has not been some massive, drastic disappointment if you actually trust the numbers. I understand that this team should probably be a little bit better than they are. I'll buy that, right? If you if you tell me, look, this team was you know 35 wins last year, they bring a lot back, that continuity should allow them to at least be a top 25 team, I'll, I'll, I'll let you win that argument. But the idea that Florida Atlantic should be a top 10 team, like this is not Michigan State, this is not – this, this is not a program that has the, the talent to be expected to do that. And if you look through history, all the teams that ran it back after a Cinderella run, the track record is not good. I mean, you, you can look at Loyola in 2018. That team, I believe, was an NIT team the next year. Uh, they were like 100th in Ken Palm the, the, the following season. So th- th- to me, it's, it, it's just not fair to Dusty and, and to that program for, for them to hear, oh, you're such a failure. Oh, you missed out. Oh, like, you know, you, you, this is this is not a – to me, this is not some huge letdown, right? Maybe it's a letdown relative to, oh, they should make the Final Four again. But this is still an NCAA tournament team. They beat Arizona on a neutral court. They're 8-5 and five in quad one and quad two games. That's pretty darn good. Uh, unless something very drastic happens down the stretch, they will be an NCAA tournament team. And once they get into that tournament, we'll see if this core can kind of come together and make a push. I'm not sure they will. Again, that's the beauty of March, right? Like, you know, bounce yeah. here, bounce there. Against Memphis, it's a different story last year. But I, I, I just don't – I don't feel right sitting up here and, and listening every day to people say how bad FAU is and how, how embarrassing – you know, it, you know they, they, they're a letdown, they're a disappointment. They're, Sweeney, they're achieving you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And we sure as hell can't listen to somebody from Memphis say that. We're, we, we're not tolerating that from Memphis, guys. There's no the way thing. we're going to listen it's to that from Bill thing. Street. You, it's the same argument, RC, because Memphis was not a preseason top 25 team. They, You, you ain't going to find anybody that had them ranked. Yeah, they get all the way up to 10. Just like FAU got all the way up to Ken Palm 10. And they've slowly, gradually slipped every week. Every week, and, and and they are certainly rated lower at some other spots. So yeah, it's the same. Just keep the same energy. The only thing that separates Wait. the resume, and I, and it's a big separator. But people have been dunking on Memphis for for a month and a half. When the only thing that separates those resumes is one win. It's the same team. They have one great win, but Memphis did the same thing. They went out, they scheduled a tough schedule, one of the best. Unfortunately, the wins didn't age the way you want them to, but Memphis beat Clemson. Memphis beat A&M too. Memphis beat Virginia. You were there, RC. Memphis did the same yes. thing. Everybody wants to dunk on Memphis. They didn't have these great big preseason expectations. So I don't feel sorry for FAU at all. 
I think there are 350 coaches in America who would do a lot to have that roster. And so, and for that roster not to win the AAC, this AAC, I think it's a, it's a bad look. Which roster are we talking about? We're talking about the one they have right now that went to the final four that beat Tennessee. Well, that was Atlantic a shot away. Yes. The, the Florida Atlantic roster is a bottom five roster in the SEC this year. Maybe bottom three. But nobody, I, 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 nobody was saying that. Nobody was saying that when they were going to the final four. Nobody was saying that. They should be at Pooey They should be at Chicago State. Where's my hammer? I get it. I get it. Final four run, nobody expected. That's what made it such a – the Phantoms form. That's what made it such a surprise. Now, this year I think they will – listen, your argument in that aspect is fair. But if you were to sit here and go talent for talent throughout the entire roster, I think Clemson – listen, Memphis played themselves up to the 10th in the country, and you're right. They played that way. I think FAU was a victim to the expectations. Did they live up to a team that was top 10 or whatever – how they made it, maybe not. But they started getting everybody's best shot throughout the year. And and I, I think the situation is totally different. I mean, look, just look at Penny a month ago and how he felt about this team. And this is a team that's 10th in the country. And now we're talking about they may not – they are not in the tournament. And one team I think is firmly in. So look, any closing remarks here? I would yeah, just say yep. this. I would just say this. Mentally reject the most – what I fundamentally reject the most about this discussion, and I don't even think me and Kevin are that far apart, but what I fundamentally reject the most about this discussion is this retroactive acting like FAU's roster all of a sudden is is the bottom of the, you know the Ohio Valley. They had two preseason players. They had two guys that were picked in the preseason to win player of the year. Two guys. I've never, I've never seen that. Two guys on the same team. They had two guys on the first team of this conference. So, what, I mean, I, what I what, what I oh, have on, no uh, time for is all of a sudden we're going to act like this team was just dog shit. And, oh, I can't – it's the most unlikely Final Four run ever. Those guys beat some real teams on the way to that run. When, when yeah, they won 35 spend, games last year. When FAU spends hundreds of thousands of dollars on David Jones and Javon Quinterly, double-figure scores in power conference leagues, and then Naquan Tomlin and all those dudes, then we can talk. And Jordan Brown, right? Like, when this is an eight-figure roster, we can talk. This is not an eight-figure roster. Not eight-figure, seven-figure. But figures, it's, it is a team that – but it went, It doesn't matter. Memphis, it doesn't even – Memphis, it has no bearing on this discussion. FAU went to the Final Four a year ago. They won 35 – they won 35 games, and they brought everybody back in the age of the transfer portal, RC. That, that's what nobody and, does. And, and, that's a luxury that I nobody agree, has. And I agree. But one, the difference between the two is one's in a tournament right now and one's not. Can we agree and, on that? And Memphis is a disappointment as well, but it's as it's well. as much of a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, 100%. Me, the fact, the okay. fact that Memphis okay. may not make the NCAA tournament is a greater disappointment than FAU not winning the AAC in the regular season, 100%. But I've I've mourned that for a month. We've, ta- we, we've beat that horse every way we can do it, RC. I mean, th- this is a conversation that's been had. It's not new. You know, and we'll have plenty of time to relitigate it after the season is over. But, but there's a, the difference is, I will say this: Florida, Florida Atlantic still second in the league. And did anybody see this for South Florida? And I've been on record and and been a big fan of Amir Abdul Rahim. I've been a big fan of his, and 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 they know I've I've I was vocal about 
you know, knowing someone there that was talking about coaches of saying his name and the way I, I think he ought to get a high major job. They'll be lucky to keep him this offseason. I think he's that good of a coach. So at least Florida Atlantic may not have won the league, but hell, they're second in the league right now. So you got to give them credit for that. They're, even though it's a runaway, South Florida's got it. It's over. I give South Florida uh, credit. That's who I give the credit to. That's who okay. gets my credit. Okay. Well, I expect the guy from Beale Street, baby, to do that. I, I want you to get yeah, your sword. To do with with that. I mean, South Florida's in the league too. I get it. But like I said, you go upstairs tonight, man, and you apologize to your wife. <laughs> no. You tell her I'm sorry for your stubbornness and your BS, and you go and you apologize, <laughs> man. Sweetie, it's back. That's what... <laughs> no, I want I want <laughs> RC to do this full time. I want him to I want him to be a point guard. Hey, hey. yeah, it's a good look for you. Although, you know, Listen, you're not supposed to take sides. You're not supposed to do that. You're I'm supposed not. To be impartial. Listen, I'm giving my No, opinion. you did a horrible job of that. You're very you're very partial to Sweeney on this one. You made it clear from the okay. beginning. Yes. And I just think yes. maybe for the next time, yes. you could watch the yes. film and be a little better. Yes. Hey, hey, before we go to break, this is what you I want you to learn from me. When I'm wrong, I just say, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. You just, just, just say that with me. More to come on the field of 68 after the break. Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first-name basis these days, co-founded Autograph, he had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, contests from your favorite creators, all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. All right, welcome back. Things have been uh, restored. Order has been restored here on this show. If you ever find yourself in a situation with a judge that has the objectivity of Randolph Childress, understand that you're going to get the book thrown at your ass. All right. You have no prayer. Just tell your family you'll catch up with them in a little while. Uh, so we do. We do. We do. Have, we, got, we got to come up with one for RC, man. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but, you know, I, uh, I, I got to put my mind to it, man. We'll figure it out. Um, how about Childress's chamber? You like that? Hey, man, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, man. I ain't, we, we ain't off dealing the dome with that. here. I, I don't ever want to go back in that shit. It's a, it's a wrap for me. I don't want to go back there, man. Judge got something out for me. Uh, but listen, before we get into some of the best and worst performances of the week, I've got some I'm locking in. FAU, first round exit, bet your ass on it. And I'm putting it in on vaulted. 
Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place for you to store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the Vaulted app, spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. So that's my Vaulted Challenge for tonight. FAU is going out in the first round. Lock it in. Blood Bank guarantee right there on Vaulted. Okay, fellas, uh, let's start with uh, around the country here as we wrap up for the week. RC, I may know the answer, but you might surprise me. Best win of the week in college basketball. Uh, I'm going to say for today, the Johnnies. I thought the Johnnies needed to get this win you know, to play themselves in the tournament if they want to have any shots so or getting that win a day for Creighton helps those guys. But, hey, man, un- under the unfortunate incident, again, I, I think uh, I hope um, everything's okay. And I just w- I'm speaking purely on the basketball sense. Proud of the Deeks, man, just a hell of a win. Coach Forbes and the staff and those players getting a home win against Duke. So I think put them on the right side of the bubble to getting them in the tournament. Um so I'm, I'm going I'm going with a homer pick here, and I'm going to go with the Deeks, man. I'm just proud of those guys and happy they get that, that you know, the the weight off their shoulders and the expectations of wondering if they're going to be in and the narrative of being on the first four and all that. I think anything short of a collapse here to finish, I think the Deeks are in. And, and I know the the Winston-Salem faithful in, in the, the Deeks community is, is really happy about that. Kevin, what you got? I thought Kentucky, I mean, 117 points. What more can you say? I mean, it's a good reminder of how great this team can be at their best. Uh, Justin Edwards' breakthrough performance, we'll see if he can build on that. I mean, it was that, that was so impressive, right? It was the type of game that makes you wonder how they're 7-6 and six in the last 13 games, but it was also the type of performance that reminds you that this team can win six in March. So uh, I thought Kentucky had the best performance of the league. Sweeney, is that, is, have you seen a better offensive performance this year in college basketball than that? Because like, I haven't. I haven't seen anybody play – a 40-minute game offensively the way they did? I can't think of one. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, the execution, the shot-making, the way they shared the basketball, 24 assists, I mean, phenomenal. I'm going to go, uh, and it's kind of cr- – like, this is just the the how much of a grind the college basketball season is, but I'm going to go Creighton. I know they lost today, but they did beat number you? one-ranked UConn. Yes, I know. I've turned a leaf. I've turned a leaf on these Blue Jays. For now, I'm gonna put you on probation. I, now. Right to jump I was off. gonna throw the book at you early. I'm gonna I'm call it Children's Chambers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on probation now. You just getting on probation now for the for the Creighton for the for giving them credit for the UConn win. Giving Creighton, man. You usually when you down on somebody, you usually hammer them and put them away. You're right. You come a long right. way with Creighton, brother. I'm proud well, of you. They're, they're they're playing good basketball, and they did knock off number one for the first time in school history, and they did so convincingly. So I know they lost today, but I still think they deserve a little love for uh, what they did earlier this week against UConn. All right, RC, worst slash most disappointing performance of the week for you? I'm going to double up again. I'm going to go with New Mexico. You, you, you can't lose that game again on the bubble like that. I mean, the team that's in the Mountain West where everybody's fighting for uh, a chance to be in a field of 68 and and to lose a game against Air Force at home is, is just, wow. Like, you, you've... I, I didn't see that coming, and that—that that is, uh, th- I, I still can't get that out of my mind. I, I just expect you can't lose to a team at the bottom of your conference when it when it, at this time of the year at home when you're fighting when you've done that in the past. That's just a, 
you know, they, they've got to turn that around and, and, and finish out strong. And I'm hoping they do because I, I, I look forward to that team with their guard playing, you know, with top and the, the freshman on the front line. And maybe they could surprise some people, maybe depending on the matchup. And you just can't – I hate to see them give it away late in the year like that if that's what they do. And I hope they don't. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to figure it out. So, Winnie, what do you think? I had Michigan State just because, you know, not one but two home losses. You know, just just feels rare with the way that they played it. Breslin, not just this year but throughout, you know, the Izzo era, um, you know, opened themselves up back to being a potential bubble team. I still think they're probably, a you know, a tournament team unless you know, things really go bad down the stretch. But – you know, these were not the types of performances you wanted to heading into March. Uh, two two losses to likely NIT teams uh, on your home court. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Texas A&M. I mean, I, I understand that you beat them the first time, but to get run out of the gym like that by 35. I mean, you're sort of like kind of still playing for something to try to get back on the right side of this thing, and to lay down by 35 is a tough look. I was very disappointed. Uh, all right, if you guys want to do this, biggest surprise of the week, RC. Do you have a surprise in uh, college basketball? Uh, if 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 I had a surprise, I, my biggest surprise is all of the, the – I'm not – I'm setting myself up for doing this. And I don't know why I'm doing this. My biggest surprise is all the Notre Dame football fans that upset today with the analogy <laughs> that I made. It's what, it's what is bothering me today. Um Again, I, I, I'm going to preface this. I, I like Marcus Freeman. It's not an indictment on him. But if you are of age, and I'll save myself, and you grew up understanding what Notre Dame football meant and, and, and compared to their history, you know, being on TV every week before now, a lot of that is just the landscape has just changed. That's all I'm saying. But for some of y'all, and this is only to a few of y'all that came at me tripping, so I'm going to say this to y'all. Your last damn natty was 1988. So don't come for me with that Ooh. foolishness and telling Ooh. me that, oh, we was in a natty in 2011 where you got smacked by <laughs> Alabama when you was in that one. And your coach left and went to LSU because he felt he couldn't win a natty there. So so, yeah. so it wasn't as far off as I thought it was. So as I Smacks. digress and I back. All right, Sweeney, any surprises for you? Um... I think Utah kind of rolling over at home yesterday against Colorado was surprising. Like that's a that's a bubble team, a team that needed a win. You're on your home court. Like to play as poorly as they did, you know, I was surprised. Colorado's yeah, better. Than nothing, me. nothing surprises me in college basketball. So I, I'm I'm never surprised by legitimately anything that ever happens in this sport. All right, RC. You're going to start watching NBA anyway right now. Tigers are out. Memphis is done. You can't party on Tigers back in, man. Vibes are good again. (laughs) Vibes are good again. We got, we got, you know, our grades right. We got our grades right. Finally, you know, we're getting that all situated. So the vibes are, yeah, (laughs) somebody's grades are right. (laughs) So, all right. uh, Toast of the night real quick, RC. Who gets the toast today? The Johnnies, baby. Congratulations to Rick, to Rick Matino and those guys, man. They got the dub. Sweeney. Jake Diebler, road win at Breslin. Kudos to him. Pity Hardaway. Nobody better at blocking out the noise that he creates than Penny Hardaway. <laughs> Thanks for watching Field of 68 After Dark. See you next week.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com